How many is glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Let's give God praise today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm so thankful for His blood, amen? Amen. That blood that washes away our sins, that saved us, that redeemed us, that filled us with this Holy Spirit. And if He hasn't today for you, He can. And He will, and He's going to. And so, before I get started, I just want to say just a couple real quick things. Um, first of all, this is not easy for me um, and Francis, but I know that through this, God's going to intervene and He's going to move. The Bible says one soul is worth the wealth of the world. And if, if moving and doing all of this is for one soul, it was worth it. Because a long time ago, there was one person that moved all the way from Missouri and met a girl in La Habra, and they got married, and you guys are all here today as a product of that. Now, I'm in no means saying <laughs> that I'm going to be starting a church, but if God has that plan, I'm not going to say no. Amen? And so, I, first of all, I just want to thank my pastors. Not only are my pastors my spiritual father and mother, but they're my physical father and mother. And so I want to say thank you. Um, I really appreciate everything you've taught me, you've done for us. Um, most of you don't know I'm living with them right now. Um, but I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Because I'm a life that was changed. I should be in hell today, but I'm a life that's changed because two people obey God. And so I appreciate you. I thank you. I don't take it lightly. I know sometimes I, I'm not the easiest person. But I appreciate every single discipline, every single uh, encouragement, every single correction. I, I receive it. And I want to honor you. And I appreciate you very much. I love you. And if we can, just honor them this morning. If you would. And I want to thank you, church. Um, you guys are my family. A lot of you are all that I've ever known. And so I really appreciate you. I appreciate your prayers in this next chapter. I appreciate your love for us. Your encouraging words. I really do appreciate it. Um, I appreciate you supporting my family. I appreciate you all supporting my family. Um, I appreciate you guys obeying God and being here today. And I want to, most importantly, most importantly, I want to give thanks and glory to my Jesus. Because today I should be in hell, but he saved me on a hill far, far away. And today I want to tell you something, church. If you're not saved, today's the day. I want to tell you today the Holy Spirit is here. And He's here to saturate this house. He's here to touch people's lives. He's here to save your soul. And today if you don't know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, today's the day. I want to encourage you today that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he'll never change. He's the Alpha and the Omega and the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. And I want to tell you today, if you're lost today, you'll shut up. If you're lost 
today. Today's the day to come back home. He's no respecter of persons. He said he's married to the backslider. And if you're backslidden in this house, don't you dare leave. Don't you dare leave this house today. Don't you dare leave. Don't you dare leave today. He's here today. He's here today. He's here today. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I already feel him. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Today's going to be a little bit interesting. Um, I always say this every time, but the Lord is really, really, really challenging me here recently. Um, <laughs> normally, I'm the type of person that has my whole thing planned out, which I do a little bit. Um, but he only gave me a 12 points, and that's it. And I said, Lord, do you know who you're talking to? And he said, yes, I do. And so today I'm going to ask you to have an open heart. Today is an encouraging word. It's a different type of word, something that I've never heard preached before. It's from the Holy Spirit. And so today, I'm not going to do it right now, but I'm going to need 12 men at the end, 12 honest men. Can you promise me you're going to be honest? I'm not going to call you out. Don't worry, I'm not going to call you to the front, but I need 12 men that can carry a stone. The title of the message today is Stacking the Stones. Okay, Stacking the Stones. And if you would, would turn into your Bible, Joshua chapter 4, and if, you would all, if we would all stand for the reading of God's Word. I heard a preacher say, let's all stand so we can let the devil know we're all in one mind and one accord. And so today, we're, we're here to put the devil on notice today. We're here to put the devil on notice today that we're in one mind and one accord, and that the power of God's going to fall, and that people's lives are going to get touched. People are going to be healed. People are going to be delivered. They're going to be set free. Some people, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, today's the day to get the Holy Ghost. I wouldn't go to the mailbox if I didn't have the Holy Ghost. And so, if you would read with me in Joshua chapter 4, verse 8, and it says... And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded them and took up 12 stones out of the midst of Jordan. And as the Lord spake unto Joshua according to the number of tribes of the children of Israel and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged and laid them down there. Verse 9, it says, And Joshua set up 12 stones, say 12 stones, in the midst of Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the ark of the covenant stood, and they are there until this day. And if you will, flip over real quickly to John chapter 8. When you get there, say amen. John chapter 8, verse 7. And it reads, So they continued asking him, and he lifted himself up. And he said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted in their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine, those that, those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. That's the first miracle. She recognized who he was. 
And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you under the covering of Jesus Christ, under the anointing of my Father. Lord Jesus, I am asking you today, Lord, to let the Holy Spirit saturate this place. Lord, let your heavenly angels encamp around us, Lord. I'm asking you to send fire from heaven today. I'm asking you for something big, Lord. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to open every heart, open every mind, Father God. Open every ear to hear, Lord Father God. Let us not sit back upon the spirit of hesitation Lord God and I'm asking you I plead the blood that blood that was shed on Calvary Lord we bind every distraction every disruption Lord God every interruption we come against that in the name of Jesus and I'm asking you Father God anoint me Lord in a short amount of time Lord make my words clear Lord Put the coal upon my mouth that you put upon Isaiah's Lord Lord I'm asking you Lord Jesus to use me today in your son's name, we pray, Father. Amen. Justin, will you go get that for me? It's going to be a little heavy. I'm sorry. So, stacking the stones. Stones were used for a lot of things in the Bible. Stones were used for uh, writing. They were used for killing people. <laughs> they were used for graves. They were used for garments, if you learn about the ephod. Uh, they were used as an illustrated message. Uh, they were also used for landmarks. And I learned this in the Bible. They were used for peace treaties. Yeah, I know it's squeaking. It's pretty heavy. I need some strong, honest men. Let me rephrase that. Right there. That's fine. Thank you, brother. And the scripture really hit me. Um, God, God gave me this title a long time ago after reading in John chapter 8 about stones. And originally, he, the way the Holy Spirit speaks to me, and he may not speak to you this way, and whoever's watching, if they repeat whatever, they can say, though, God doesn't speak to me like they did last time. Oh, well. But let me tell you, the way he speaks to me is he'll just say one thing to me. Just boom, and it hits me. Sometimes he talks to me, I feel like a, like a coach, okay? Like a coach. It's just the way that my mind operates, okay? He doesn't drill instruct me. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is sometimes I'll read something and I'm like, Lord, what does that mean? And it's kind of like a coach. He teaches me, okay, what I want you to do is I want you to squat down. Very similar to that. And he just told me, stones. And I'm like, okay. So I started reading every single scripture about stones. And I didn't hear anything. And the problem was, is I was trying to figure it out on my own. Just like the children of Israel did. When they sent out the 12 spies... They came back in their own understanding. Only two came back with the power and, and the mindset that God had. And the thing is, today some of us have been like those 12 spies. We went out and God said, go look at the people that we're going to defeat. Go look at the enemy and, and go look at the, the, the blessing and the milk and honey that's in the promised land. But we come back afraid. We come back afraid. And, this is, and, and, and I want you guys to follow me because I know where I'm going I just have to get it out through here. So I really, help me, pray for me, okay? And so a lot of times we go and we come back afraid. And the problem is God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I'm going to talk about some heavy stuff today. I'm going to talk about 12 stones that God gave me. 
that every single person in this building deals with. And if you don't, you're a liar. If you get offended, it's the gospel. If you want to sit in your chair and be a stone, the Bible says if you, if you don't fall upon him, he'll fall upon you and grind you to powder. So today, uh, God's given you an opportunity just like he's given me an opportunity. And I really am asking you to follow me and listen, please. Because today may be some of your guys' last day. We could go out across the street and die and go to hell. Young people, if you listen to anything I'm telling you today, I worked with you guys for a year. Gilbert and Becky have worked with you practically your whole life. If you don't listen to one thing today, listen to this. Stack the stones. Stack the stones. Today we're going to talk about the stones that the enemy has come to bring to destroy your life. Today we're going to talk about the stones that the builders rejected. His name's Jesus. We're going to talk about how the Bible, whenever it says Jesus said no stone will be left unturned. Today we're going to talk about a lot of things that probably get people uncomfortable. And we're going to have a little illustrated message. And I'm going to tell you why. You want to know who my favorite illustrated preacher was? Jesus. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Stones that the enemy has brought to try to destroy your life. You know, I was really starting to think in, in, in John chapter 8, whenever it was the woman that was caught in adultery. And yesterday, I was focusing and I was praying in here with Francis. And I, I got down and I said, Lord, like, I've heard the story my whole life. I've heard the whole writing on the ground. But what are you trying to bring as a significance today? First question I've always heard my whole life was, where, the man, where was the man? Correct? But God gave me another question. He said, where was her husband? Where was her husband? Problem is, is rather than going to be like Joseph, and obviously she was in sin, and, and follow me as I go. Obviously she was in sin, but... Rather than being there for her rescue, he was nowhere to be found. Nowhere. Because I read in the Bible, I read in Deuteronomy, I read in Leviticus, I read in practically the whole Bible. She was married and so was the other man. You with me? She was married and so was the other man. And God said, I'm here to call out the husbands today. I'm here to call out the men in the house today. Because when the Bible says that they picked up, and we'll read it in a little bit, they picked up the stones. It was the men that picked up the stones. It was the men that had to be circumcised in Gilgal. The flesh had to die. In men and women, but today, so us men, some of the flesh in our life has to die. Oh. <laughs> Sound like a bunch of church mice in here today. First stone we're going to talk about today. Ben, can you put up the first verse for me? First stone we're going to talk about today is emptiness. Say emptiness. Emptiness could mean a lot of things. Maybe you feel alone. Maybe you're depressed and it's secret. The stone of emptiness has been thrown at a lot of people in the Bible and in the church. The stone of emptiness that, that he brings that depression that makes you feel like, you know what, I, 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 there, nobody loves me. I'm unwanted. I'm nothing. Well, I can't go up and pray for I can't go up and cry. 
I, I got too many tattoos. Hmm. I can't go up there because I'm going to still go back home and still sin. The stone of emptiness that make that's a void in your life. The void that nobody can fill but Jesus Christ. That stone of emptiness he comes to bring to destroy your life. And he's ready to just throw it at you and kill you. Because in the Bible, they didn't use no pebbles. They didn't use no pebbles. I have a funny story. When I was growing up, this is bad. Kids, don't do this. When we were growing up, there was a park that we lived, that we lived right by. It's by, it's by uh, Children's Museum. That used to have rocks in there before they had wood chips. And they were a bunch of little pebbles. And what we used to do, we used to stick all, a huge jacket full of them and all throw them at each other. They didn't throw no pebbles. They threw big rocks. Big rocks because they want to kill. The enemy wants to kill you full of emptiness today. Emptiness. He wants to make you feel like you're worthless and you have nothing in your life. But it's a lie. Because the scripture says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. You know what God gives you in return for emptiness? He fills you with his Holy Spirit. And let me tell you something. When he fills you, he doesn't fill you halfway. He fills you all the way to the top. And today, if you're empty today, God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He doesn't want you to die feeling empty. There's no voids in heaven. He filled every void on Calvary today. Let me tell you something, church. Let God fill you. Don't let the spirit and the stone of emptiness ruin your life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you feel so void that you can't go on. Yes, you can in Jesus' name. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. That stone of emptiness is a lie from hell. Second stone. Second stone. <laughs> it's a stone of bitterness and unforgiveness. Oh man, it's gonna get real quiet here. You know those deep wounds. <laughs> the deep wounds. The ones that you don't want to forgive. Hello, somebody. The deep wounds. You know, it's kind of like what Pastor said, I think it was like a month ago. The the wicked way and the unrighteous thoughts. Did I say that backwards? I get it. No, I got it right. So secret things that are on the inside, the bitterness and unforgiveness. Like he said earlier, you know, we come and we're cordial, right? We're cordial with people. We're cool with them. Till we see them used. Till we see them blessed. Oh, I'm going to, brother. Thank you. Hmm. We see them blessed. We see their children blessed. We see that they have a house. They have a ministry. We become bitter. Some of us are bitter with our family members. A parent, mother, father. Some of them both. You've blamed them for so much in your life, you don't even know what's the truth anymore. And the unforgiveness in your life is rot and the bitterness rather is rotting your bones, the Bible says. It's rotting your bones. Some of you today, some of you today are allowing it to rot your bones so bad in your body that you're literally dying on the inside. You know what unforgiveness is like? And I've heard it my whole life. It's like eating rat poison and waiting for somebody else to die. Some of us are people in this city. <laughs> 
Oh my, it's going to get real cold in here. There's people in this city that are needing to be reached, but because we won't forgive people in a certain territory, God, nobody's going to get reached. It's conflicting, it's conflicting warfare. We try to go do the things of God, but we're messing with my old, my old territory. I'm going to tell on myself. I remember the first time after we came back from Breakthrough, Kyle had said, I don't know, God's sending me, telling me to send you to the Boys and Girls Club. And I said, out of all people, out places, please don't send me to the Boys and Girls Club. And I'll tell you why. Because that's where I used to pick up. For being honest. And a lot of times, I, I couldn't forgive myself. Some of us haven't even forgiven ourselves. There's so much sin that's probably happened in our life because I was as guilty as the day is long. But let me tell you something. We can't forgive ourselves, so we hold on to that. So you know what it's like? I tried to find one, and I couldn't. But imagine taking one of those little, little uh, balls that have a string, you know, and it's attached to your wrist, and you throw it, and it comes right back to you. And that's what bitterness and unforgiveness is because you always get hit, and it's going to rot your bones. But I'm going to tell you what God gives you in return. First of all, first of all, God gives you righteousness and mercy for bitterness and unforgiveness. Because the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 21, He that followeth after righteousness and mercy findeth life and righteousness and honor. He'll give you the righteousness, His holiness, inside of you so that the bitterness will be cleansed. The bitter waters were cleansed when the tree or the branch went in the water, and that tree is the cross. And today, righteousness will heal your bitter waters. And you want to know what? You'll have enough mercy to forgive somebody. You know, we don't talk about mercy like we should. Because could you think if God didn't forgive us for one minute? He said it today. I was like, man, God's already speaking. I don't even say nothing. But I do. Could you imagine if the mercy that God bestowed upon us, we didn't give back? Well, we do every day. We're just acting like we don't. Right? We're all guilty. I can preach it because God's been working on me. Mercy. Mercy. You want to know what else he gives you with the bitterness and unforgiveness? He gives you a love for those people. Oh, that was too weak. He gives you a love for those people. A love, the perfect love that casteth out all fear. Some of you are so afraid to be around people because you're afraid they're going to hurt your feelings again. Perfect love casteth out all fear. There's some people that love keeps no record of wrong. You forgive, but you don't forget. You want to know why? Because that's exactly what I said on my mouth. And God said, oh, oh, he said, why didn't I, I forgot everything you did? He said, I threw your sin into the sea of forgiveness. Your sin don't float. Sin don't float. Stones don't float. Pastor said it last week. Stones don't float. So make no mistake, if you're being reminded, it's either A, the devil's reminding you, or two, or two, you're reminding God. So he gives you love. He gives you mercy. And he gives you righteousness. For the second stone of bitterness and unforgiveness. Do you guys see what's going on here? I'm telling you about one stone. <laughs> yeah, and they're stacking. And you want to know what else is happening in the spiritual? God's flipping the stones around. What's happening is from the eldest to the youngest, the stones are dropping. The third stone. Ben, will you pull up the third scripture? Remember, I said honest men and strong. Please, I don't. We don't got the insurance for that. <laughs> please, please. 
I had to take a drink because we're going to be here a while for this one. The stone of pride. <laughs> pride, ego, self-righteousness, you name it. It's all the same thing. Spirit of pride. That pride that holds you back. Some of you are so prideful and so unforgiving and so bitter because God didn't do something in your life. Maybe you've been seeking to be filled and God hasn't filled you yet and you're bitter about it. That's why you never come down to the altar. That's why you never let yourself get hurt again. God never hurt you, first of all. It's a lie from the pit of hell. But your pride is what keeps you back. Some of us, our pride won't allow us to come to the house of God. Our pride won't allow us to come to the house of God because we're afraid other people are going to look at us and we're so self-absorbed. Well, you know what pride does? Pride puts a mirror in front of you. And you become so self-absorbed with yourself. Let me tell you something. If you're praising and worshiping God, ain't nobody looking at you. I'm telling you what. Ain't nobody looking at you. I, you know, you want to know what one thing I struggled with with pride? Because I was the pastor's son, I've, I felt like everything had to be perfect. And I had to look right. I had to do this, do that. Trust me, Kyle can agree with me. And so I would be afraid to go to the altar. And some of you today, your pride is keeping you from the altar. Your pride is keeping you from carrying that stone into the next, to the next chapter of your life. You're carrying on to it. And you're so, oh, oh, and you're like, God, I'm tired. He's like, put it down. But it's the pride, the pride that keeps us, the pride of wanting others' attention. The pride, oh, you don't believe me? Ask Satan. <laughs> you know, I, Francis and I, when we were in Kenya, he asked, he asked both of us to, I guess, kind of share with their worship team and their ushers just about praying and about working. He asked me to speak about being worship, and it flew out of my mouth. I've never thought of this. It's on record. We were talking about gifts and talents, and I said, make no mistake. I said, it's not about gifts and talents. I said, because Satan was the most talented angel. <laughs> some of our pride, you want somebody else's. Oh, we'll get to that. That's the next stone. But some of our pride, we're looking at other people's gifts and talents, and it's like, you know what? Mm-mm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit back here and I'm going to be a stick neft generation. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what he gives you in return? Anybody? Humility. Humility. Jesus was leak, uh, leak. <laughs> meek and lowly. The Bible says, and I don't have it up there, so don't change it, Ben, please. <laughs> but the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, it says, I brought you through the wilderness to try you, to prove you, to humble you, to see what was in your heart. And today, there's pride in our hearts today. It's a fact. It's a fact. But God's going to unturn that stone because he's going to give you the stone of humility today. And the Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 6, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace unto the humble. So not only do you get not only do you get humility, but you get grace to become humble. You get grace to become humble. And see here's the thing is when Paul said, when Paul said, my, you know, uh, his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient and and his strength is in my weakness. And can I tell you some of us our weakness is pride, but God's going to give you the grace to go through and to let go of that stone. Because we're building a pile here, okay? We're building a pile here, and it's for a reason. 
I'm going to give you a little hint before the end. It's for the next generation of believers. You want to know why this church isn't 1,000 people? 5,000? 64,000? There's 64,000 people in the city of La Habra, correct? I think so. I'll tell you why. Because there's no landmark in some of our lives that people can't see. He gives us humility. He gives us humility. One of the hardest things here recently I had to do is I had, and you guys are probably going to laugh at me, but oh well, is I had to move out of my apartment. You talk about humble. (laughs) I was like, Lord, I like to do my own thing. And he said, well, you're going to listen to me. And see, sometimes we feel like it, being humbled, we, uh, some of us, I, I've, we've even, Francis and I were talking about this one time, it feels like you're being like a caged cat that's wild. Because our pride is like, no, no. Some of us, God wants just to chasten us. But we, see, here's the thing, we mistake chastening and discipline from abuse. Jesus didn't stone you. Jesus didn't even spank you. He's chastening you and I. Trust me. He's chastening us. Because if we're to lead the next generation of believers, Christians, kids, whatever, you name it. Next generation in our family. How can he, if he resists the proud? How can he? That's like... That's like us being, being so arrogant, like Satan, by the way, where the spirit comes from. And we become so proud that we won't even allow, we don't even have the open uh, uh, windows of heaven to, to, oh my gosh. We don't even have the open windows from heaven to go because we're so proud that God's like, I can't help you. Some of us are blaming God for things that we're holding on to. Ben, can you put up number, five, uh, number four? Fear and anxiety. Anybody been struggling with fear and anxiety today? This week? Trust me, I've been afraid this week. (laughs) I've been afraid this week. (laughs) You know what fear is? Fear is faith in the enemy. When you're afraid, you're basically saying, devil, I know you're going to do good. Fear is faith in the enemy. And our fear and our anxiety, if you're struggling with that today, just let, let me just let you know that those aren't fruits of the Spirit. Okay, so God didn't give them to you, so don't receive them. A lot of the fear and anxiety, we take willingly. We take willingly. We take willingly. I understand there's tormenting spirits that come and bring depression, come and bring anxiety, fear. That, I understand it, trust me, I really do. You don't think that I'm having a lot of fear moving to a place where I really know nobody? I don't really know anybody other than me and Francis and a couple people and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Trust me, you can't believe the dreams that I've had, that the cars are going to break down, that all things are going to happen. I couldn't even hardly sleep last night. I couldn't hardly sleep last night because I was so, at first, I started to get afraid. And I said, oh, Lord, I can't go up there and speak. And he said, yes, you can because I've given you faith. I've given you faith. 
I've given you faith, and I've also given you a sound mind and power and love. And I'm telling you what, when Paul told Timothy, he could only tell him because it was after an experience. And I can only tell you today that fear is not in the kingdom of heaven. Neither is anxiety. You want to know what anxiety is? Now, you guys can look up the name. It's in French. I don't know how to say it. Okay, something, Ponsa, I don't know. What it is, the one kind of a, a, a way of punishment that they used to do back in the day in the, in, well, sometime, the French, whenever they would go to be in, you know, in, in front of the judge and they would say, you know, not guilty or they wouldn't say a plea, what they would do is they would lay them down and they would put heavy stones on them. And they would wait until the plea came forth. Okay, okay, okay. They put heavy stones on the chest so that they would suffocate and die. That's what anxiety is. The enemy wants to crush your life. But I'm here to tell you today, he still rolls the stone away. That stone that may be on your chest at night, he's going to lift it today if you'll let him. That stone of fear that you're so afraid you can't even get out of bed to go to work, he's going to throw the stone away. Let me tell you something. God gave me a thought. God gave me a thought. Our pastor has preached this so many times about the, the, the stone that went into Goliath's head, right? We all know. If you don't, David took a stone, threw it in Goliath's head, hit him right here, fell over, died. And the Bible says that he was, you know, hung on, you know, in Golgotha, or on, the, on the place of the school, right? The mountain of the school. God brought a thought to me. I've always heard that he went right on top of that skull, right? Does anybody know what they describe Jesus as? The stone that the builders rejected. That stone that David threw went all the way into time, and it hit Goliath even the second time it hit the devil in the ground. The cross went boop right on top of that devil's head. And let me tell you something today. That stone still works. That stone, that stone that David flung a victory. Because what God wants to give you today is all the stones of failure in our life or the stones that we're struggling with. He's going to give you the stone of victory today to overcome. Because there is therefore now no condemnation to them that walk uprightly. And let me tell you something, church. If we're not careful, we'll be pressed to death by anxiety and fear. Can you put up the next one, Ben? <laughs> Oh, this used to be my best friend. Lust and adultery and fornication. Ooh. I'm just going to say it. All the sex, all the porn, all the OnlyFans. If you're cheating on your wife, you're cheating on your husband, cheating on your girlfriend, cheating on your boyfriend. I was the chief offender. Yet again, this is one of the stones that are in private. Whew. Let me tell you guys something. You know what I found was so ironic? Remember how I said, where was her husband? What about all those Pharisees and the scribes that were perverts that made her stand in the middle of the court naked? That's what the devil wants to do to you, keep in mind. He wants to make you look like a fool. So what he'll do is he'll get you to lay with him. And then what he'll do is he'll take off that tempter cloak and put on an accuser cloak and then take you out in the middle of everybody and make sure you get put on the spot of your sex, your porn, OnlyFans, you name it. You name it. Make no mistake, sin will find you out. If you're playing, don't be shocked if you get. Don't be shocked if something happens. 
Don't be shocked. I'm not here to be mean. I'm here to tell you the truth. I'm, here, I'm telling you what, if I didn't, then God would kill me because if he, this pulpit is not here for games. I'm not here just to jump and shout to make you feel a tingle on your back. I'm here to snatch your, your soul out of hell. And let me tell you something today, men and women. A lot of times we focus on the men that watch porn. Women do too. Don't be a liar today. It's sin. It's sin. If you're having premarital sex, stop. I'm going to say it again. Stop. I got two scriptures on this one. The Bible says, and be not comforted to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. A lot of the times, the enemy will try to come and he'll try to put a stain on your mind of past sins that you've done sexually. Because the Bible says if you lay with a harlot, you, those two will become one flesh. But we have to be in the transformation of the renewing of our mind. There's only one person that can renew our mind. His name is Jesus. And that blood washes away every single stain, every single memory. It's not going to haunt you no more tonight. It's not going to haunt you anymore tonight. I promise you, if you'll allow him to renew your mind, the stains will be gone. But that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Can you put the next one up, Ben? Meats are for the belly and the belly are for meats. But God shall destroy both of them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. Say, for the Lord. Just remember this one thing. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You defile it, God will bring you back. But let me tell you something. You don't mess with this. I'm not saying me, please. For You understand what I'm saying? Don't mess with this body. God made this body holy. Whenever he made it in the beginning, he made it perfect. Sin corrupted it. We were made to worship him. Not to defile the temple. And the Lord for the body. The Bible says he, that he made us in his image. His image, church. God never predestined us to defile the bed. And you want to know what? The Holy Spirit is leading me here. I don't know why. Maybe so, I know why. <laughs> so many times, like I said, he wants to get you in bed with him. Right, It says in Revelation that Jezebel will get in bed. I know I, that thought came to my mind too, but God brought a thought to my mind. A lot of times, we make bed with the stones that the enemies brought before us. Don't believe me? Ask Jacob. What did Jacob do? He put his head on a stone. And so many times that we're in the presence of God, and we don't even know it. Because our head's on the stone. What are you laying your head on tonight? Today. Well, you know what time it is. Are you laying your head like John on his breast or are you laying the head on the stone of the flesh? A perversion. Number six, addiction. <laughs> Meaning drugs and alcohol. Maybe you're addicted to something else. I don't know. It's a sin. There is no temptation that, let me read it over here. 
There has no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able. I've worked with a lot of people on these tracks. All of us pretty much have. And one of the number one things that I hear is, if the temptation's too great. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Jesus was so tempted, and he overcame it in the garden so that we could overcome it. There's no temptation that's too great. If you're addicted to something today, maybe you're addicted to cigarettes. I don't know. God can break that. Maybe you're addicted to your phone. Oh, man. Oh, 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 whoa. Oh, don't believe me? Check your screen time on your phone. One of the reasons I had to get rid of social media is because I was on it for 12 hours a day. If we're to give the Lord 10%, obviously that's the money, but it's of our time. Are we giving him that 10%? Or are we so addicted to the things of this world that limit us? We put the limitation on ourselves. We're keeping that stone. We're like, no, they haven't texted me yet. But I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> but I have an answer. The Bible says, Temptation, oh, it says, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape, make way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. He's going to give you a way of escape. He's going to give you a way of escape from the hand of the tempter. He's going to come and that stone, that stone of addiction that you get so tempted that you want to steal something, God's going to give you a way of escape to say, no, you got $10, go buy it yourself. <laughs> uh oh remember I said I want honest 12 men men get ready stone of betrayal <laughs> Abel knows about betrayal Joseph knows about betrayal David knew about betrayal. Jesus knew about betrayal. He had one of his closest friends betray him. Maybe today you're holding on to the stone of betrayal that somebody's done to you. Maybe you, some of you today, it was the people that were never supposed to hurt you. Maybe you were molested today. They were never supposed to hurt you. Maybe you were raped. Maybe you were exposed to pornography at a young age. Maybe you were exposed to drugs at a young age. You felt so betrayed by a parent. They did something so shady to you. Trust me, I, I, I understand a little. I'm not going to go into any depth. But from the ages of 6 to 12, I was exposed to a lot of things as a young boy. I had a lot of things happen to me in secret that nobody knows about and nobody's going to because we ain't going to give the devil a pleasure today. But I want to tell you something. I carried the stone of betrayal for a long time. Long time. And I didn't even know I had it. You see, because Cain brought Abel to the field and he, Abel would have never thought. Some scholars believe that 
or theologians, whatever you want to say, commentaries, that Cain used a stone to kill his brother. Some of you have been brought the stone of betrayal. Today's the day to let it go. I don't want to know. He does. I'm not here for you to tell me all your dirty laundry. Trust me, mine probably look just as dirty. You may feel betrayed by a parent. It doesn't make sense. You don't understand it. He does. He understands all things. All things, church. The stone of betrayal. Sometimes you feel like you can't come back from the stone of betrayal. But in Jesus it says, a man that hath friends must... What? Mm. Hold on a second. I told you he gave me 12 points. <laughs> That's right. The ones that are not supposed to hurt you. Sometimes <laughs> betrayal brings anger. And you become angry at things because things weren't supposed to happen that way. You felt betrayed. You felt backstabbed. The ones that were not supposed to hurt you. But you know what God gives you? You know what God gives you in return? God gives you, let me find it here, hold on a second. Devil, you're a liar. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hmm. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He gives you adoption. Some of us have, in a sense, an orphan spirit to where we feel like nobody wants us. Like I said, we feel so betrayed. But God wants to adopt you today. It says that a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's that friend to you. He adopts you and he grafts you in. When you feel so betrayed, he grafts you in and says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Put that next one up, Ben. He says, and I command you that at this time, saying, the Lord God has given you this land to possess it, that ye shall pass over. Mm, that's not right. Don't worry. Can you take that down, Ben? Oh, the devil's mad. Uh-oh. <laughs> he don't want to talk about the adoption today. Mm -mm. See, that's a problem because the devil can't be adopted. He already forsook all of his inheritance. He forsook everything because he betrayed his father. And, and here's the thing, church, I want to tell you today. The next stone is guilt and shame. Some of us have so much guilt and shame, we say, God could never forgive me. You have so much regret in your life. So much regret in your life. I remember the first time that I got asked to go to camp and I got asked to speak. I, I remember I told the Lord, Lord, I've done so much, I, I can't even... I hold so much guilt and shame. And that stone of guilt and shame is heavy. 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 It follows you everywhere if you're not careful. It'll follow you to the darkest of dark, to the lightest of light. And see, the, so many of the times of the problem is we just keep stacking the stones on our back. And we, keep, we look like we're bent over. Because we're so guilt and shame that we don't want to look and make eyes at anybody. 
We don't we don't want to we don't want to do any we don't want to do anything to hurt anybody's feelings. We've already messed up so much. How could God ever forgive us? We're like the prodigal. We're like, oh, I'm sitting in a hog pen, the worst place I could possibly be. Worst place I could possibly be. But in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us. God's going to give you forgiveness today to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But a lot of times this is what we do. You ready, Justin? and play because there's so much guilt and shame in our life that we think that we could never get rid of it the next stone it's a stone of lies and deceit maybe you've been lied upon maybe you've been accused of things you never did so was Jesus some of us have a lying tongue Ben, could you put up, I don't think I gave you the scripture, and if you can't, don't worry, I'll turn there. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 17. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 17. The stone of a lying tongue. Some of us lie just a lie. It says, a proud look and a lying tongue, and the hands that shed innocent blood. Can you go to the next one, Ben? Oh, no, sorry, I meant chapter 18, verse 18. It's okay. The Bible says that that's one of the things that God hates is a lying tongue in Proverbs chapter 6. One of the things that God hates is a lying tongue because it tears people down. That's why, that's why Satan is the father of all liars. And see, here's the thing is, the enemy will bring that stone of lying into your life. And just like how you pass it, you hold on to it, you go to give it to somebody else. See, because when we lie, it's like spreading poison into the body of Christ. And then what happens is, I don't know if any of you have been stung by a stingray. I have. And I remember I got stung by a stingray. It was a cold day. I was, oh, we're good. I'm out there in the beach. And I was being the person that I am. Picked up Francis, tried to take her in the water. She didn't want to go. God judged me for that. And so I'm carrying her, you know, I'm running in there. And I thought I stepped on a rock, and I was like, oh, but I, I couldn't be afraid because I was holding her, you know. <laughs> you know, being Superman. 
And I remember I was swimming, and I was like, oh, I can't stay out here. I can't even swim. My foot began to curl up and began to flex. What happened was is the poison and the venom was starting to cramp my foot and making my foot contract. And what lies does in the body of Christ is it gets into the bloodstream and it constricts the heart of God in here. Because you don't even know what the truth is. Some of us, we believe so many lies and we've told so many lies, we don't even know who we are. Like I said, we lied a lie. But in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says, life and death is in the tongue. That's why God has to put that coal on your tongue to cleanse you. If you're lying today, stop. <laughs> Bottom line. If you're lying about other people, really stop. And here's the thing is, correct me if I'm wrong, Brother Kevin, but Brother Kevin was speaking and he was talking about uh, manipulation. Because if you keep manipulating, it, in a sense, it's a, the spirit of witchcraft. Because you're trying to contort people to get the vision that you have of them in your head. And if you keep lying, go ahead. You keep playing with that rebellion as that's the sin of witchcraft. And let me tell you something. So is the, stone, uh, so is the spirit of stubbornness. It's as of idolatry, the Bible says. And if you keep playing with lies, you'll have a forked tongue if you're not careful. You'll say one thing and say another to somebody else. And I said this in <laughs> gossiping too. I said this when I came back from Africa, and it still stands today. If somebody comes to you to gossip and you allow them, that means they know where to go to. But nobody's going to have a ticket in my house or my table to gossip about anybody. And I would hope it'd be the same for you. And if anybody's tearing down the pastors today, hmm, <laughs> you don't touch God's anointed. And if anybody's tearing down any leader, you don't touch God's anointed. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh-oh. We got some liars in the house. I used to be one. Verse 10, death. The stone of death. We only have three more, church. And then I need those honest men. Stone of death, it's the things that we put to death prematurely. Maybe God's given you a calling and a gift, but the, the enemy rolls that stone of death over your life, and you die on the inside. You want to know why Jesus didn't roll the stone away for Lazarus? Because he didn't put the stone there. If you're putting the stone over things that God is trying to do in your life, remove the stone of death. Remove the stone of death today. The stone of death, the stone of death couldn't hold Jesus. So why are you letting it hold you? In John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, I come that they might have life and that they might have life more abundantly. God's come to give you life, not death. The stone of rejection, number 11. Longing for a fulfillment that never happens. I'm not going to read that. I'm just going to go on. I feel the Holy Spirit. Last one. Stone of jealousy. 
eyeing somebody. In a type, what you're doing is you're taking on the spirit of Saul. Maybe some of us, if we're not careful, will eye the next generation. Jealous of the crowds. But God wants to give you contentment today. And I need 12 men. Who's willing? Hmm. Come on. I'll let you come on up here. Just stand right here. Boom, 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 boom. Right next to each other. Yeah, face the crowd. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, we got eight men. All right, let's see here. Excuse me. How many we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I need two more. Kyle. We got some strong men up here. You want to know why we have to stack the stones? Because in Joshua chapter 4, verse 20, it talks about him stacking the stones in the water at first, but in the second it talks about how they took those stones and he told them, when the ark passes by you, pick up a stone that's in the water. You want to know why I had them come up here? Because today's the day that you need to get in the water. You need to get smooth stones, just like David did. Only smooth stones are found in the water. And I kept talking about stacking. Do you want to know what they made? Some people feel like they made a big pillar, a landmark for the next generation, which we should. But I believe they made an altar. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give a stone to every single one of these men. And if any of you today, if any of those stones have been creeping on your doorstep, God, the enemies come to try to kill you with them, but God is saying, you can't throw them at my child. You ain't going to kill my kid. Let me tell you something. God loves you so much, he made the devil drop the stone. You may be naked in the middle of the, the, middle of the place, but Jesus went and that ark, that ark, that ark that I said that passed before them so that they could go into the Jordan, that ark's name is Jesus, and he passed before. See, he, packed, he passed before the woman that was caught in adultery, and he rode on the ground. And so today, we have to stack the stones and make an altar for the next generation because they're dying and go to hell if we don't.
now this next generation can come because there were men that got up. There were men that took the sacrifice, that forsook everything that the stones that the enemies brought. And you want to know what? Today's the day. Could you play some music? Today's the day. If you're struggling with any of the stones that I said, come to the altar. Come to the altar. Don't wait one second. You guys can be seated unless you want to get in the altar. Let me tell you something. Come to the altar. Don't let any of those stones destroy your life. Today's not the day for you to be killed today. God wants to do a work in your life. Let him. Let him today. Let him today. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you. Lord, I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to move by your power. Lord, your Holy Spirit, Lord, you're the stone that the builders rejected, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lamb of God, you're so holy. Oh, church, let us put aside our pride. Let us lay aside every weight. If you're young, if you're old, if you got to come and sit up here, there's room. If we got to stand, there's room. Don't let the devil punk you one more day and lie to you that say that you have tomorrow. We all could die tonight. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.